This is Matt Woodley with Monday Morning Preacher, where we talk about all facets of preaching and how we can all keep growing as preachers. Check out Christianity Today's other podcast, The Calling, an interview show about the nature of church leadership and all the joys and struggles that come with that calling. Each episode features one Christian leader, one calling, and one honest conversation. I'm here today with our very special guest host, Daniel Fusco, and Daniel is the lead pastor of Crossroads Community Church, which has campuses in Vancouver, Washington, and Portland, Oregon, not Oregon. And uh, Daniel is uh, married to his wife, Lynn. He has three children and a crazy dog. He lives in southwest Washington. And Daniel, it's great to have you on our podcast today. Matt, great to be with you, bro. Daniel's written for us a lot. He's also the author of the book Upward, Inward, and Outward, a new book from Nav Press. Daniel, we like to start with our guest hosts by getting a little bit behind the scenes and just talking about their personal life a little bit. So when and how did you feel like God called you to be a preacher? Sure. So I didn't grow up uh, in the church at all. I grew up in the in the Northeast, all kind of Italian, a non-Christian Catholic family. I became a kind of an agnostic in my in my early teens. I was pretty much a hedonist. At my end of my college career, I went to Rutgers University in New Jersey. Um, really started to struggle. Uh, with questions of spirituality, ended up reading the Bible as the last spiritual book I wanted to read Hmm. uh, and uh, got radically saved. And so I was pursuing a career in music at the time. And uh, as I started reading the Word, I got plugged into a a great Bible teaching church and uh, God really did a work in my life. And so I really started to sense uh, kind of what I would call now a holy dissatisfaction with the journey that my life was on. And I felt that God called me into the the pastoral ministry. I had a lot of people saying, hey, you're going to make a great pastor. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just a bass player. And God really just kind of invited me into it. And I I always joke with people that I got in the side door of ministry and then they gave me a key. So now they're stuck with me. And so so, I I, I went into the pastoral ministry now uh, in in the year 2000. So uh, about now 17, almost 18 years ago. You know, Daniel, uh, You've written some articles for us at PreachingToday.com, and I I love one of the articles you wrote. You describe your approach to preaching this way, bringing the real Jesus at street level. And I love that phrase. Why don't you just give us a quick definition of what you mean by that? So the idea of preaching Jesus at street level is that the Bible teaches us that Jesus— he is real and he lives right where we live. You know, he said, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So, so whatever street level view is for each person, Jesus exists there. And part of my journey is that as a preacher, we want to learn and we learn a ton of stuff. And I love reading and I love theology. I was preaching a deeply theological stuff. And what happened for me was I was challenged as a young pastor by a number of situations where the people were saying, Daniel, I know that Jesus is real, but like, what does it mean for me in my real life, right where I live, where I'm struggling with getting the laundry done or the bills and all that stuff? And so for me, I want to take really amazing theological, deep biblical concepts, and I want to put them in a way that the average person who doesn't, maybe doesn't even read their Bible can understand. And so the idea of the real Jesus at street level, it's like, it's really tactile, very, uh, very personal and right where we live every day. I can so relate to that coming out of seminary, knowing all my exegesis, knowing homiletics, knowing how to put a sermon together. My first church was in Barnum, Minnesota, and it's like none of the stuff I learned in seminary really applied. Can you remember any particular incident when that clicked for you in your life? 
at 24 years old, I had stepped out to plant a church in uh, my native state of New Jersey. I got saved at the end of college and didn't really know a lot of believers at all. And so it became a real big uh, passion to go back there. Like I just started reading everything I could read and, and I was kind of apprenticed for ministry from within it. I'm reading about homiletics and exegesis. And so very quickly, my sermons became not pastoral for God's glory and for the people, but it became an exercise in me working out my chops, so to speak, Hmm. in in these areas. In this young church plant, there was a a woman— I thought that she was a single mom for the first year that she was at the church, but came to realize that she was married. Her husband was completely detached, drinking a lot. They were barely making their bills. And I was literally going into the pulpit with a Greek New Testament as I'm trying to work my Greek understanding out. And she's like, you know, but you're talking to me about Greek words. I'm just trying to figure out how do I make it through the next day? And you're like, oh, having not grown up in the church, I never wanted to do what I call a ministry of maintenance that the church isn't reaching the lost at all. And so um, I would start to talk with non-believers and I would try and do evangelism. And I realized that most of the stuff that I was talking about in the sermons, they couldn't care less about. Not that I'm saying that stuff is, should be minimized. It's super important because it's biblical. But it, it wasn't answering questions that the average person was asking. I was answering questions that theologians and scholars were asking. And I had a whole congregation of people who weren't those people. I, I just kind of felt like, oh, I'm out of touch a little bit with where people are living and is Jesus out of touch with, with where people are living? And that's like, well, no, he's intimately acquainted where people are living. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Like Jesus moved all the way into the neighborhood, as Eugene Peterson says in the in the message, that paraphrase of John chapter one. And so uh, I really started a journey to say, I want to preach really deep theology, but in a way that is actually scratching the itch of where people are living. Because if we don't scratch our itch, they're going to find somewhere else to get that itch scratched, and it won't be a biblical response most of the time. Yeah, that's great. I know for me, it's tempting to sound learned, like I'm smart, like I'm impressive. And I know, I've read your stuff, so I know you are not saying Skimp on exegesis. I know you're not saying that. You're a huge fan of exegesis. You call it Bible nerd land. Get into your Bible nerd land. Get geek out over the Greek. Uh, Get all into it. So walk us through. How do you balance the exegesis with this application at street level that gets really practical? You know, and you said it. It's like, I I love theology nerd land. I, I think as pastors, as preachers, we need to live there. But in biblical communication, the Bible is the is the content. We are the communicators. We're the biblical theology nerds, and we should be. But the people we're conveying this message to are not. So there's nothing worse than us being uh, theology nerds, and it none of it lands. So for me, on my end of things, I do very stringent biblical exegesis. I start all of my prep times with the text outlining it, breaking it open, what's the big idea, what's the subordinate understanding, map the whole thing out. And so, and then I get all the way into theology nerd land where I am doing word searches and I'm reading commentaries and I'm reading supplemental stuff. And I, and I go totally crazy because I love that. And, I, and that's my job. Then I need to take these very deep, often sometimes convoluted things. And I need to say, now, how does an 85 year old factory worker who's retired, who comes to Crossroads, how does he hear this? And what does this mean for his life? And what does it mean for a mom who literally is just trying to make it through every day because she's got three little kids at home? And how does this also minister to somebody who's a non-believer who we're going to 
give an altar call at church. We want them to get saved that day. And how does it also minister to our founding pastor, Dr. Bill Ritchie, who's got a PhD, who founded Crossroads 40 years ago, has been in ministry for over 50 years, him and his wife, who are rock solid. I have all these different kind of groups of people who I'm trying to minister to. So I try and take time in the sermons for some of you been walking with Jesus for a long time. And this is the thing you need to get out of this. Yeah. And for some of you, you don't even believe in Jesus and you don't like the fact these five things I just said, but let me explain to you why. And I do apologetics for that group of people. You know, I always use the analogy that as pastors, not only are we chefs preparing a fine meal, but we're also waiters who place the meal before people. And in some ways we're caretakers where our job is to give them bites. The prime rib of what I do in my prep time for a lot of people, they're going to just choke on that. And so I need to be a pastor and I need to love the people enough to I want everyone to get something. My job is not just to give them steak. My job is actually to, to feed them the steak and, and to feed them bites. Still deep though, still nutritious. But we need to distill these things down so that the common person who heard Jesus gladly in this generation can hear gladly. You know, uh, John Wesley, uh, one of my heroes of the preaching realm, he talked about plain truth for plain people. And I know what you're not saying is dumb it down. You're not saying that. But the best writers, some of my favorite writers, whether it's science or uh, psychology or uh, theology, they have a gift for taking really complex stuff and making it really accessible. So it sounds like, you know, as you, you talk about do your exegetical work in your study, but then do your application in the coffee shop. Do you literally go to a coffee shop or, or is that a metaphor? So what do you mean by that? Yeah. So the idea is, is that do, do your exegesis in your book work in your study because it's book work and, and, and you need quiet and you need to hear the still small voice of God and, and you need to kind of uh, parse all that stuff out. It's like people don't do surgery in a public place. They do it in an operating room with only the most necessary people there. And so we need to do that because if we do the book work wrong, then we're really going to mess people up, right? And so the idea of doing the doing your application in the coffee shop, for me, a, a coffee shop is a classic third place in, in our communities. It's the, a cross section of your community goes there. And so what I'll do is, you know, whether I go there physically, and I still do, but I don't really get a lot of work done when I do it, but it, it reminds me what are people like? You know, like when somebody walks in, you know, maybe I, I, I watch, uh, you know, a, a dad and their teenager come on in and get frappuccinos or whatever, you know, and I start thinking to myself, so what does this text mean to the teenager? You, you get somebody who's maybe who's retired and they're sitting there reading the paper. It's like, what does this text mean to that person? And what it does is it takes me out of my own head and the great cloud of witnesses that I've been studying. And it makes me think about the text. For me, I want to make sure that I'm applying the text to them in, in a way that makes sense to them. It's about taking these deep truths and expressing them in a way that normal people can get their hearts expanded, can, can meet with the Lord in a powerful way over the Word. But it does take a lot of work because I have to get outside of myself but it's a necessary challenge that we have to take to bring glory to the Lord and the work of the ministry, I think. You know, Daniel, as you're talking to me, I just think it's really about loving your people and just let it filter into your preaching. It's not a technique. It's how you live. It's your affection as a pastor. Absolutely. And I think what happens is, is when we learn the academics of preaching, we want to bring the academics academically into the local congregation where actually the academics is a means to the end of being pastors. Yeah. Every time the Bible is opened at crossroads, I really want people to be shepherded by the good shepherd. And if I'm doing a good job as a as an under shepherd of Jesus, 
then then I'm helping them apply these things to their relationship with God or like my book, Upward, Inward, and Outward. I want them to apply it to their relationship with God, returning to God, his love. I want them to apply it to the way they view themselves through the lens of the cross. And then I want them to apply it to the way they live out into the world as they love other people. You know, I, I don't just want to be a teacher and I don't want to just be a teacher of teachers. I really want to uh, help shepherd. I want to help Jesus in shepherding his flock. And so it's deeply pastoral for me, I would say. Upward, inward, and outward. Title of the book and maybe a theme for a podcast. Okay, so Daniel, I got one more question for you. So um, what is your biggest struggle as a preacher? Uh, So unequivocally, um, I am my biggest struggle as Ah. a preacher. It's me personally. I mean, God's word is perfect. It's it, it's 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 awesome. It's got everything we need for life and godliness. It's infallible. It's got no issues. I mean, it's perfect. And and God's amazing, and He's perfect. And uh, and I'm a total train wreck. And so huh. I always feel like I'm at the beginning. There's not a sermon that I've preached that I feel like, oh yeah, I actually did the text justice. I did the glory of God justice. You know, uh, I, I feel like I could study my whole life for one sermon and not even crack the surface of what this is. And so trying to uh, let Jesus lead me to get out of my own head and really let Jesus dictate. And, and so just getting over myself is my hands down my biggest struggle. Thanks for your honesty. I like what Haddon Robinson used to say. There are no great preachers. There's just a great savior. So uh, that's, that's a great way to end. Well, Daniel, thanks so much for being with us. I really enjoyed talking to you and you've been a blessing to other preachers so thanks for being here and matt thank you to you and andrew and everyone preaching today super blessed by it growing through it and happy to be a small part of it well thank you so uh the new book upward inward outward by nav press pick it up daniel fusco thanks for being with us this is matt woodley with monday morning preacher at preachingtoday.com Monday Morning Preacher is a production of Christianity Today, which actually produces two other great podcasts. First, we have a podcast called The Calling, an interview show about the nature of church leadership, its joys, its struggles, and how God has uniquely wired people to work within his church. Each episode, we feature one Christian leader, one calling, one honest conversation. And then search Christianity Today and check out our other podcast called Quick to Listen. Listen.